Welcome everyone to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Jordan Heffler. Come on in, guys. So this is our first podcast, even though it's after the second episode of season 39. Uh, We had a conflict last week, so we couldn't record, but I'm extremely excited to get started with this, uh, recap each episode every week, and interact with Survivor fans just like us. Thoughts, Heff? Yeah, Dylan, I'm excited to be doing this. I mean, I'm relatively new to the Survivor game. I only started watching the show a few months ago. I know you've been watching a lot longer than that, but I've been binging some, some past seasons, and I'm very excited to be watching live for the first time. Right, so just kind of explain uh, to our listeners what you what exactly you did over the summer um, in terms of Survivor watching, because I you could just say binge watch, but I don't think people quite understand just how much you did binge watch. Yeah, so with the... Next season, being an all-winter season, I've been trying to watch the greats so I could really follow along and have a rooting interest in the next season. So I've been watching really the best seasons that you recommended. I mean, Tony's season, Boston Rob's season, Jeremy's season. I've probably watched eight or nine, eight or nine entire seasons in just a few short months. So very excited to be, to be doing this. Um, yeah, that's all i got to say. I'm just ready to kick this off. Yeah, right, so... Obviously, extremely excited as well. Um, good to know that Hef here. By the way, I call Jordan Hef because Heffler is his last name. But, you know, very, very excited to get going here. And let's get into it with episode two right here. So the episode opens up. You have right after the vote like normal. And Aaron is flipping out. Vince is flipping out. They're left on the wrong side of the vote. It's pretty, pretty interesting, interesting scene uh, considering I thought Aaron and Vince were... A little bit we're flipping out a little bit more than I expected especially for the first vote yeah I mean if you are left out of the first vote paranoia definitely kicks in but Aaron kind of took it over the top and was really freaking out to a level that we're not used to seeing yeah so I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting um, it looks like you know the all-girls alliance really may end up working on that tribe um, and then the episode you know flips tribes and then you have Nora on Nora on the other tribe and it kind of just kind of just goes through a montage of clips of her just being you know very loud and people you know are getting annoyed with her and I think it's funny because every single season always has that one person within the first couple of episodes that is exactly like that just like last last season season 38 they had Reem in the first episode where they made it seem like you know and we don't really know what goes on in the island they have so much so much time to you know, relax and talk to each other's and Survivor could just edit out those clips that people are getting annoyed. But, you know, they edit it so that she seems like, you know, the annoying person on the tribe. Um, so that was definitely interesting to see right there. Um and then we hop into back to the other tribe and we have something that I really wanted to talk to get into and talk about here. We had Chelsea who in our fantasy draft that we do happened to be Hef's first pick. We have Chelsea who is, you know, walking around at night and she mad she out of nowhere finds an idol, so Yeah, I mean this is my girl Dylan. She not only is the only one in the tribe that could light a fire, but when she's out collecting firewood, she just happened to stumble upon an idol. I mean you don't normally just stumble upon an idol. Usually you have to actively search for it. So it's good to see my girl not only be the go-to person on the tribe to start fires, but now she has an idol in her back pocket. You don't know what, ha- you don't know what could happen. I drafted her because I thought she'd be more of a poverty-type player, really sneak in, hide behind a meat shield. But she 
could be somebody who could eventually be the one changing the game. Right. So with Chelsea, I thought it was, first of all, I thought it was interesting because she, yeah, as you mentioned, she was the one to light the fire. And then she's just walking around and finds the idol. And I think that, you know, if you really look at the editing so far of the season, it really looks like that they're kind of trying to highlight how strong these women are very early in the season. It looks like we have a lot of contenders for the, for the women. Do, do you, is that something you agree with? Yeah, I mean, we could, we could transition right into Kelly, another really strong player who could really impact the game. Right, exactly. So that's where I, exactly where I was going next. Uh, Chelsea and Kelly were our two women picks, uh, women to go the furthest um, before the season started. And obviously, Elizabeth, last episode, went to Islands of the Idols. Robin Sandra um, gave her the bag to pick out what name from the other tribe would next go to Islands of the Idols. She picks out Kelly. Um, I think... I was I really enjoyed that it was Kelly who got picked because I really wanted to see her in action and we definitely got to see it firsthand. Um, so she goes to Islands of the Idols. Obviously, she's surprised by the by Robin Sandra, and then they presented her what I thought was an extremely cool task to do. Uh, you know, with the with the social game, and I, I thought that was really cool to see. Yeah, you could tell right when they started jabbering on and on about their personal lives, there was something up with that, and I was surprised that a skill that, of listening was the one that they employed early on in the in the season. I thought they would teach that later on as the game developed, but I was surprised to see that uh, Kelly went three for three on her questions. Right. So, um, I I definitely think it was it was I definitely think it was interesting because. What we saw last week was Elizabeth immediately jump jumped the gun and was like, "Yeah, like she like thought about it, but she's like, I'm gonna do it." And then Rob said something like, "Oh, she should have bargained with me. I would have lowered I would have lowered the offer." Well, turns out, Kelly was like, "I don't know if I can answer four. and he was like, "Well, what if you answer three? So I have a feeling that this could definitely be something we see um, at Islands of the Idol in the future. So you know, there's definitely gonna be a learning curve for the players, and I just thought she handled everything very well especially when she came back to camp. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, give her an Oscar for that crime performance. I couldn't even tell if it was authentic tears because she was nervous about what the tribe would think or if she was just really putting on a good acting job, but she hiding the idol in the hair is something I've never seen before. It's pretty crazy. Everyone was was giving her hugs. People were touching her hair. I mean, one, one inch, and they knew she was hiding something. It was pretty great to see. Right, so, yeah. As you mentioned, Oscar-worthy performance. I was actually in shock at how good she played it off. Um, last week, Elizabeth kind of got back, and she like she seemed nervous and was just like there was no game and like kind of just like was very was very, didn't really talk a lot about it. And I think that people were very much able to see through that because if you're going to an island of the idols or some kind of some kind of other island, um, usually there's not going to be a no game kind of thing on the first time somebody goes. So I just thought that, you know, you know, Elizabeth didn't play well, off well last week. Now you have Kelly who comes back crying and like she has in her hair. So people could like she's like pat me down. So like people could pat her down and technically they wouldn't even feel the hair. Plus, she's like crying, emptying her bag out. So like I really think she played it off well. I don't think anybody suspects that she has anything, which is it's unbelievable. Dylan, one thing I want to talk about is the lies that Elizabeth and Kelly told to their tribes about what they experienced on on Island of the Idols. So we know survivor history tends to repeat itself, and I know both of them talked, both of them lied about having to smash an urn and then getting nothing. 
But when it's getting creative with the island with a completely new idea of Island of the Idols, you know there's going to be a nuance or a surprise. So I don't know how I feel about each person saying that they smashed smashed an urn, given that people are going to go and know that they lied. I mean, if I was on the island, I probably would have probably I would have told them everything. Said Boston Rob and Sandra were there. I had a chance to play for something, maybe win maybe win something for the tribe, and I lost. I mean, to some extent, you need to tell the truth because you will get caught, and you will, you will get caught in a week or two or in a few days, and that's something that really bothered me about each of those each of those girls. But do you think, do you think that saying that Boston Rob and Sandra are there, in my opinion, puts a huge target on your back right away? So let's say Kelly's tribe was going the tribal council last night which obviously they won the challenge so they weren't people would be like oh like if boston rob and and sandra were there like sh- something something is up there like she because she's a threat because she was there i'm gonna vote we're gonna vote her out right away before we even get to know what that was well at the same time you could you could play it off well elizabeth didn't even mention the fact that she was taught how to make fire i that's something that's really valuable to try something they, something they need to know if they said i had a I had a fire making lesson from Boston Rob himself that she's an immediate asset to the tribe. So you can you can play it off either way, that for sure. Right. So yeah, definitely interesting to see. Definitely interesting to see how how people will play it off uh, going forward. Um, I'm also curious to see future Islands of the Idols challenges because I did think that that was a phenomenal phenomenal task. I really enjoyed that. Yep. Um, something I, I never would have even expected if I was going on to Islands of the Idols. Um, so then right after Kelly comes back, puts on that Oscar-winning performance, challenge happens. Purple Tribe, pretty brutal in the challenge. They kept dropping Molly off the ladder. It was pretty honestly pretty funny to watch. They end up losing, um, and they go to Tribal Council for the first time this season. Yeah, not much to say here. It was... A pretty lopsided challenge. There was a comeback toward the end. The, obviously, the funniest part was them not being being able to get it done in the water. Low key, something that might go under the radar. Elizabeth is going to be a huge asset for them going forward in terms of challenges that involve water. She she got down to the ladder right away. Right, and obviously she has that history as an Olympic swimmer, so that's that's huge for their tribe. Um, what do you actually think of the challenge in terms of like you know the layout of it, how it was? Um, you know, I, I went, obviously I wouldn't say it was you know one of the most intriguing challenges, but I kind of liked the idea of them holding somebody up on a ladder. Um, that was you know obviously a lot of team chemistry is involved in that, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the challenge was pretty short. It seemed the yeah. funniest part and probably the most difficult part was having to hold somebody up on a ladder, and obviously the obviously the purple tribe couldn't get it done, but. It was weird. Right when they got on the beach, usually you have to really you have to assemble something or pull something to get to the final stage, which ended up being uh, rolling the balls. But all they had to do was just really put a ladder on on two blocks and then just walk across. It wasn't that difficult. Right. So even though that they got delayed in with the ladder, the purple team, you know, they had a chance to end up winning at the end still because the balls were throwing the balls into the slots was really the main the main time time consuming part of the challenge. Um, Jamal, you know, came back but couldn't end up, you know, beating the other tribe at the end. So yeah, I thought it was a pretty straightforward challenge overall. Um, very underwhelming effort by Purple with the ladder. But now they all go back to camp. They think that Jason and Nora are, is the easy vote, and Jamal's like, "Oh, let's go take a nap." And immediately when he said that, you know something is up. 
as soon as you're too comfortable on Survivor, you are never safe. As It's only when you think you're safe that you're really not. We saw it happen with Kelly Wentworth in season 38. She knew something was up when it was when it was too easy of a vote of a vote, and she was in the numbers. And then all of a sudden, she got blindsided like that. I mean, you can never be too comfortable, can't get complacent, and that's exactly what Jamal did. Right, and they kept uh, Jamal, Jack, and Molly kept making comments about how like, well, Jack was like, you know, we're like stealthily running the tribe, and then you had other people who who was like a blind person could see they're running the tribe. So clearly, you know, they them three were very were were not self aware at all. They didn't really, they didn't really care that they had that much power. They didn't really, you know, think about the other options that they could be blindsided. And Jamal didn't even end up bringing his bags to tribal council. So I thought I, I actually wanted to give a shout out to Lauren, who actually picked all this up and was like, now would be an amazing opportunity to get rid of Molly because they would definitely not see it coming, and we would have the numbers because we would be able to get Jason and Nora into vote. Definitely a risky move having having a uh, blind side this early in the season, their first tribal council, it's always easier to just go with the numbers. And it was an, it was an easy vote out having to do Jason or Nora, but that really turned the tables and we could see a majority start to form with Jason, Nora, and Lauren. Right. Um, and I also wanted to just say, right before they did go to tribal, they had turned to Tommy and Kelly, who seemed to be the swing vote. It seems like Tommy and Kelly could be a duo going forward. I don't know if that could be what they were hinting at. Um, but they seem to be pretty tight together, um, and they were making the decision together. Ultimately, they obviously decided to go with um, Molly in the vote. But I just I just thought that was a little interesting cutaway to Tommy and Kelly that, you know, Tommy hadn't really been featured all episode, and they, they kind of featured him at the end there. So, you know, look for him and, you know, Kelly to play a pretty big role going forward. Yeah, two things I want to talk about as well in the Tribal Council. One, I this is pretty short, but I like the narrative of the king, the queen, and the jack. I don't know who made I don't know who made that up. They're talking and speaking about Jamal, Jack, and Molly. Don't know who made that uh, metaphor up, but really liked it. Number two, I'm surprised Jason didn't mention the fact that they need to win challenges. Molly is not an asset at all. She cannot help at all in physical challenges. I'm surprised that that wasn't used in the tribal council to talk about the fact that he's pretty valuable. Yeah, um, I mean, we we don't really know. Like, it it could have it could have been mentioned, but not in the edit. So that's definitely a possibility there. But you know, now that you know, if you want to tra- if we want to transition to tribal here quickly, um, I thought tribal council was amazing. Um, Jason really, we we didn't really get. I feel like we didn't really get a good vibe from Jason and until we got to this tribal council because he was scrambling from the bottom he was the he was kind of made out as the guy that you know went and searched for an idol he he said in his in his interview with the, with the camera or the or the producer that he was looking for an idol and how stupid do you have to be to do that on day 1 i mean that's the most cliche survivor mistake and he completely owned up he didn't own up to it to his tribe but he was he admitted to the fact that he was looking for an idol. I mean, how stupid do you have to be to do that? Right, so number one survivor rule, um, I would say you can't look for an idol on day one. He did it. However, but we, but because because of that, he had that reputation. We didn't really get a good vibe for the player he is because he was, he was out of the gate looking for an idol day one. However, I thought at Tribal Council he was amazing at answering the questions. He pretty much blew, yep. he pretty much blew everybody away and... That and you know I love. By the way, I just want to say quickly, I love the Robin Sanders spy shack. It's it's great television. An like, homage to Tony. 
It's it's unbel- it's unbelievable. But you could tell Jason was so prepared to answer all those questions. He knew exactly what he was going to say. He made, you know, obviously you had Jamal who was kind of like talking down to Jason and like Nora. And I loved where, you know, Jeff always with his metaphors at Tribal, he, you know, he brings up the metaphor about, you know, if you're, if you're driving a car and your foot's on the pedal, like where, like where, where, what kind of level are you playing this game at right now? And how does Jeff think of that stuff? Right, I, I have no, I have no <laughs> idea. Crazy, crazy stuff with his metaphors. You know? I don't know if he's coming up with that or if the writers feed in that, feed in that information or those sayings. But Jeff is the definition of an amazing host. He's the best host on TV. Yeah, he is. And and Jamal was just comfortable. Like I don't know how. If you're Jamal, I don't know how you could do that. Like how how if you're Jamal, how could you be that comfortable and that like naive? But he, of course, is like, oh, we're like right, we're right at the beginning, like right at level one. Like I'm not really playing the game yet. We have a majority. And then Jason's like, well, I'm playing at a different level. You know, you, I'm, I'm full throttle right now. And then Jamal was like, well, you're in a different position than me. And Jason was like, well, you didn't even bring your bags to tribal. And then they cut away to the spy shack, and Sandra was like, uh oh, that's when you know something's up. They knew, I think, um, you know, a lot of the. A lot of the uh, the people watching on television knew that you know that that blind side was going to end up going down. But I just want to yeah give a major shout out to Jason, who did a phenomenal job at Tribal Council answering these questions. Yeah, how cocky can you be if you're Jamal? This is your first Tribal Council ever. Obviously, as the game goes on, you probably paranoia probably kicks in even more as the numbers dwindle down. But the first Tribal Council, you're really going in without your bags. You think that your vote is that much of a lock? I mean, how? How crazy and naive can you be, honestly? Right, and even if you do think your vote is a lock, which is fine, like, he could think his vote's a, lo- a lock, like, what, what is, like, there's no reason for the cockiness at Tribal Council, I just, I don't understand that, I don't understand what the, what the main idea of that is, why he's doing that, um, and I think that even though the vote was probably, everyone knew which way they were going to vote before Tribal Council, that's just definitely a pretty bad look, and I'm curious, you know, looking forward to next week, how that's going to affect this tribe if those if Jack and Jamal are going to be the ones on the bottom now. Yeah, I mean, Jamal, I imagine will be kept around for the foreseeable future and Jack probably too just for the for just for their use in the uh and the immunity challenges. But that's definitely going to stick in the back of their mind the fact that Jamal is really overconfident, too cocky and probably will not be will not be used as a number in votes going forward. Yeah, we'll see what happens because Tommy did make that comment about how he had Jamal in his back pocket. So I think there probably is a relationship between Tommy, Kelly, um, Jamal, Jack, you know, and them because you know they were the original majority. So I'm curious to see how Tommy and Kelly how they play it off to Jamal and Jack, and if they're going to be like if they're going to be able to convince convince them that they're still trustworthy people and then they go back with that alliance or are they just going to form a new alliance with the new people that they, that they, they just voted with? Um, obviously, it's the first tribal council, so it's hard to see, but that's definitely something to look for um, next week. Yeah, so as far as we're speculating about the future of this game, who do you like? So early, um, I think, I as I already said, I like Chelsea and Kelly. I think that I think that they're both very, very good, but I think that going forward... Well, Bird, let me interrupt you for a second. In our fantasy draft, who is your first pick? 
Yeah, so I have to own up to it. I took Ronnie first in my fantasy in uh, my fantasy draft. Pretty pretty brutal of a pick. Obviously, first one voted out. Came off way too strong last week. Um, and as soon as he did that, I knew he was gone. Um, but you're but you're right. I made that pick. I was completely wrong. And now that the show is actually aired, I could say so. In terms of the women, Chelsea and Kelly, I mentioned before. Um, I'm huge fans of them. And then in terms of the in terms of the guys, uh, it's it's kind of hard to tell. I, th- I feel like they've been featuring the women a little bit more. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but definitely, yeah. Um, but because as I said, like Jamal was overconfident, Jack was quiet but overconfident. Um, so you weren't really able to get a good vibe there. Um, Tommy seems to have a pretty good head head on his shoulders. Nobody's doing strategical. Um, I think it's important that they featured him yesterday because. I, I don't think they would have featured somebody um, if they if they weren't going to play a pretty big role going forward. So that's my thoughts. Um, I, I do like Tommy a lot. Um, what about you? I agree with what you said earlier. I think it's definitely a women-centric season. And you I don't even know the names of some of the guys, honestly. They are really focusing on the women, whether it's Kelly, Chelsea, Elaine, who who I want to talk about for a second, actually. Elaine got a lot of airtime in episode one, not as much in episode two. But it seems like she could really go far in the game. I honestly don't like her that much as in terms of her likely her likelihood to win. I don't think that she is going to go far because people see her as a social threat. But I think that might carry her to at least the merge, just the relationships she's been able to form. Right, so um, definitely think that the, the women thing is a big... Is a big factor. They um, also, I wanted to mention there. There were a few. There were a few guys that I thought were were promising in the first first episode, such as a guy like Dean, and they did not even give him a single ounce of airtime in this in this episode. Um, so I do think that they're they're definitely over. Um, they're definitely focusing on the women um, in terms of the edit, and I think that should be interesting to watch because there has not been a women a woman to win since Sarah did in season 34 of Game Changers so um, should be interesting to see going forward yeah whether it's the all girls alliance on the orange tribe or Kelly on or Kelly getting that immunity idol island of the idols or Chelsea it's really been focused on the women that are driving this game and i think that could really really drive it going forward to going forward to the merge and beyond Right, so something I just so now that we've recapped the whole episode, um, something I just want to highlight quick. So, as you guys heard at the very beginning of the podcast, um, Hef over here does a pretty good imitation of Jeff Jeff Probst. He did say, "Come on in, guys," to you guys uh, right away. So I thought that a good way to end this episode would be to have him do some uh, Jeff Probst imitations just to end it off. So, what do you got? Want to know what you're playing for? Five Guys Feast, Cheesy Fries, Bacon Cheeseburgers, Ice Cold Creamy Milkshakes. Worth playing for? Bird, you want another one? Yeah, I'll take another one. 39 days, 20 people, one survivor. Obviously, that's great, 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 great tool to have for the podcast. We have a Jeff Probst uh, imitator, and I think that going forward... We may actually have a segment where we take lines from the episode and have Hef over here imitate it. So, like, for example, that that uh, car car line from Tribal Council, foot on the pedal, 
um, those those kind of metaphors. We'll note them while the episode is on, and then we'll have an imitation at the end of the episodes. But I want to thank everybody to li- for listening to our first Survivor podcast. Um, yes, it was it was episode two, but it was our first podcast. Um, I just want to highlight that you can follow us on Twitter at Soul Survivor Pod. We'll be live tweeting episodes in the future and interacting with other Survivor fans like us. So if you enjoy the podcast, give us a follow. And thanks to everyone for listening. Grab your torches, head back to camp. Good night.